This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. My name is Chris Miller. My name is Paul Anderson. My name is Mark Boyd, and you listen to the Blue Army Podcast. Hello, my name is Derek Combs, and I listen to the Blue Army Podcast. Should we get started? Yeah, let's get started. Uh. Let's get started, Reese. I'm gonna I'm gonna minimise you because I've got a bit of reading to do for a while, so uh, uh, there'll be there'll be no eye, eye okay. contact with you for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can't wait to see the joke of the week. Oh! Reed Sparrows, how's it going? And welcome back to the Blue Army Podcast. This is episode 51. A new year begins. And I am thrilled to be joined by none other than everybody's favourite co-host, the number uno co-host, Eskimo. Uh, that was not a language. <laughs> it's Will! Hey! Hey! Buongiorno! Buongiorno! <laughs> You're going to do it wrong. You've got to almost do it right. You're going to do it wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. So that's all. No, I'm on a high. I've finished work. We're, uh, we're, 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 we're flying by the seat of our pants or the seams of our pants. Is that saying? Yeah, you know. Um, well, is this the closest to a match we've ever done a recording? It definitely has to be, mm. mate. I'm pretty sure. We've done one the day before a match, but yeah, we're yeah, basically yeah, yeah. We're, in a, we're in a bit of a rush today. Um, we went to the match on Saturday, so there'll be a great match crack uh, a little bit later on for everybody to listen to. We were at the Crawley match. That was a lot of fun. And we're going to go to the Hartlepool match tonight. And obviously you guys will have to wait until next week to hear about what we have to say about that performance. But we don't normally cover midweek games, so this is a, a bit of a bonus yeah. one, I suppose, that we can add on to the next episode but yeah basically we've been busy uh we're on the match on saturday we've been working and uh this is the least amount of notes i've ever had in front of me during a show but i'm sure we're going to be absolutely fine mate we're gonna we're gonna bash this out the park it might be a little bit shorter than normal just because then you know it'll get me to the match on time basically yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm sure people won't mind um and uh do you know what people don't mind? Or do you know what? They, they, some people do mind it, actually. I don't think everyone's a big fan of it. But but regardless of the fact if they like it or not, they're going to have to hear it because, mate, it's time for the Blue Army Podcast Joke of the Week. Is he having a laugh? 
I think he's trying to. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Right, Wills, are you ready for this one? Ready. Get your brain, get your brain working, get your brain working. It's a thinker, right? Why do ducks have tail feathers? Why do ducks have tail feathers, Will? Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I'm, you've got me there. Why do ducks have tail feathers? <laughs> Look at you laughing already. Why do because ducks... I think you know the answer. I think you're just being nice. Um, Why do ducks... ducks have tail feathers? To cover their butt quacks. What? <laughs> How would I already have that answer? <laughs> you might have seen it on the back of a cracker or something. Oh. Like, you look like you knew. You look like you knew. No, I was laughing because you were already laughing. It's a brilliant <laughs> joke. And mate, we wait until I'm saving the best one till last. I found these three jokes. Uh. I told people about it last week. I found these three jokes that are hilarious. Right, last week's joke was good. This week's joke's good. Next week's joke, mate. Next week's joke. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be magic. It's gonna be magic. Ah, oh, maybe that's a hint. That is a hint, actually. That's a hint. It's going to be magic. Mate, right, let's get on with things. Let's push on. Let's get to the match mm. on time. And that means it's time for the rundown. This week on the Blue Army podcast, me and Wills will be going through the match crack from Carlisle United's 1-1 draw at home this past Saturday with Crawley Town. Then we'll be diving into some of the Brunton Park news that has been fluctuating around this week. Fluctuating. Did you like that one, Wills? I saw you have a smile there. And then... Thank you. And then... <laughs> Moving on to have a little sneaky look at Carlisle United's next opponents. And I'm saying that at the time of recording, our next opponents will be Forest Green Rovers. So by the time this episode comes out, the Hartlepool game will have been and gone. You'll probably know the results, but we won't be talking about them here on this episode. We'll be talking about them next week. This week, we're going to be talking about, well... I've just told you. So let's crack on, mate. Let's crack on. And we're going to crack yeah. on. We're going to jump into a new feature here on the Blue Army podcast. And we'll see how this goes down. And we'll see uh, how popular or unpopular this is. It's called The Birthdays. We're going to run through the birthdays that get posted on the Carlisle United Be Just and Fear Not fan group page on Facebook. If you're not a member of that already, do join in. There's a lot of discussion, a lot of debates, and quite frankly, it's just a bit of funny banter that goes on on that page. But we're going to have a little flick through the birthdays and take a little walk down nostalgia lane. And maybe, mate, maybe we'll have to rack our brains and think, do we remember any of these players? The first one, happy birthday to 24-year-old, now 24-year-old, former Carlisle loan defender, James Brown. I remember James Brown because I picked him in my team for yeah. the uh, Blue Army podcast versus Blue Army TV football manager showdown draft over the summer. You can go back and listen to that episode. Uh, but he was in my team, and obviously we won. Uh, so uh, he's he's only 24. And then we'll move on. Tom Lawrence, happy birthday. He's now 28. Oh, James, wow. do you like Tom Lawrence? Do you remember Tom Lawrence? I remember Tom Lawrence's debut. I mean, he was excellent for us. He scored two goals on his debut, and they were probably two of the best goals that I've seen scored by anyone at Brunton Park. 
sadly yeah. the season that we went down. Beat Tramir Rovers though on that day. And I say uh, Tom Rollins was 17 and scored an early goal. And also a, he scored a, one where he went on a mazy run. And I remember Sky Sports do like every week, they did like a goal of the week. And um, that week, Tom Lawrence came first and second in the goal of the yeah. week in the uh, voting. <laughs> see, the thing that reminds me of the Tom Lawrence thing, like I'm looking on the Facebook page now, that kit's lovely. That kit was lovely. The pinstripe blue kit, the stop yeah. kit with the feeler and the badge that was just a slightly different colour to the shirt itself. So it just stood out that little bit more. That's a lovely kit, that feeler kit, mate. Do, do you have one of those knocking about? I do, I do, yeah, yeah. I use them for my exercise, all my old kits. It's slightly tainted by relegation, though. Yeah, but it's a lovely-looking kit, man. It's a lovely-looking kit. Uh, James Barrett, happy birthday. James Barrett, an old favourite for me, man. He was Another with us player quite, from quite those, a while. Yeah. From those days, yeah, yeah. They would have probably yeah. played together. Uh, Ryan Baldaccini had a birthday this ah. week. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Baldaccini. He left Carlisle to go to the uh, to Gretna, I believe, and he took mm. the money and ran, basically, from what I've heard. Uh, Adam Clayton is now 33. I've seen him score a couple of brilliant goals in a Carlisle shirt from outside the area. Maybe just the one, actually. When I'm really yeah. thinking about it, uh, but very dynamic midfielder. I used to love watching him play, mate. And then let's have a little flick through. We've got Tom Parks. Tom oh, yeah. Parks, the big, the big defender that never smiled. Tom Parks. Yeah, <laughs> everyone remembers. That was quite the, recent. Um, yeah, yeah. Is he uh, still at uh, Bristol Rovers? Is it or? I mean, no, I'll have to Exeter. do the recess. Yeah. Do you know what I think I'm going to do next week, mate? I'll do a little bit more research and I'll have like where they're playing now, maybe <laughs> yeah. on it. Just, just that little maybe, bit of yeah, extra. Yeah. Maybe that'll be not nice essential. just so people know what they're doing now. <laughs> it's not essential, but maybe a few of them I'll, I'll go into a little bit more detail on. Kevin Harper, mate, what a what a player he was when he was at Carlisle United. He, uh, he came in, I think, after the back-to-back promotion winning seasons and uh, he was he was quite a standout player at the time. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember him all that well, but... Mini, guess... mini Afro, very similar to Carl Hawley in stature. Yeah, I mean, I think that was an era... I was living in Liverpool at the time. I, don't, I didn't get to that many games. So there's like a, the era around our promotion from League Two. It's quite because I wasn't getting to many games. So, yeah, mm. I don't, can't really think much of him. Nah, well, we'll soldier on through the birthdays. Former Carlisle United boss Ian Atkins turned 75, uh, mm-hmm. 65 this week, not 75. And Aaron Hayden, uh, Mr. at Wrexham now, Mr. Wrexham turned 25 <laughs> this week. We know where he is. We don't have to worry mm-hmm. about that. Uh, be nice to see if a uh, bit of that money gets spent, though. And uh, do you know what? This is probably a good man to end it on. Peter Beardsley is 61. And uh, he looks, he looks very happy. That's a nice Carlisle kit again. That Admiral shirt with the red and the and the blue and the big old red striped collar. Jeez, jeez, you don't get them <laughs> like that anymore. Uh, former Carlisle United defender Shannon Jeffels also turned fifty six. Don't want to leave anyone out if I can help yeah. it. But I think that's it, mate. We've caught up on the birthdays. I quite enjoyed that going down Nostalgia Avenue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a good it's a good new little feature. 
Yeah, I think that'd be. I think in the background, I'll get one of me, I'll get Mangy Mangy Moose to do is like a nice little sort of birthday esque sounding sort of music, something a bit plinky plonky maybe. I think he'll yeah. give us a bit of that. That'd be nice, mm. and we'll get a nice little background music going for the birthdays. That was the birthday rundown. I'm sure we'll come up with a better name for it, and it'll be better next week. But I quite enjoyed doing it this week. Let's move on, Will's mate. Like I've already mentioned on the podcast, we were both at. Carlisle United's last game, which was last Saturday against Crawley Town. It was a one-all draw. And, uh, mate, I, I enjoyed the day itself. The performance left yeah. a lot to be desired. But before we dive into individual performances, we'll go through your Carlisle United starting lineup for the game against Crawley. And I'm sure you might feel a little bit of deja vu from last week. So you've got Howard in goal, Mella, Feeney, McDonald, and Armour across the back with Gibson, Guy, Whelan, and Dickinson in the midfield with Mellish and Omatoi up front. So that was your Carla United starting lineup. And the reason I'm obviously saying that it was a bit deja vu is because it was the same lineup which beat Bradford. <laughs> last Saturday at home at Brooklyn Park. So, mate, yeah. all the similarities. You can see why. We had a good game against Bradford. I wouldn't say that uh, there was any standout changes. Obviously, we got a couple of players coming back uh, from injuries, so they might have been pushed into the starting lineup. But, I mean, you've got to back Millen there just to, just to, just to back his players, I suppose. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, after... Being on a good run of form and a good win against Bradford, um, you know, I think I think we did kind of discuss one or two changes that you might have made in order to bring Patrick in, but you know, you can see why he would just stick with stick with the team that went out to try and kind of keep the momentum going by going with the same team. Yeah, it, it makes a it makes a lot of sense. Um, lots of standout players last week, and and those players don't really have any replacements on the bench. So they normally are the sort of players that you would expect to see in the starting lineup. Now the game itself, mm. mate. Um, I mean, Carlisle United. Nobody really stood out as having an exceptional game across the ninety. I would say um, it's quite difficult for me to pull a man of the match out the hat, which we'll sort of have to do a little bit later on. Now the result itself. Mm is a good result. Like Crawley are in a good league position. They've been hot and cold this season and we've managed to pick up a point when we're in quite a difficult position. Um, but because we're on quite a good run of form, it was a bit of a surprise to see the lads have an off day, I suppose. And I hope it was just a bit of an off day sort of thing. I will expect to see changes tonight because obviously there's only been uh, 48 hours from the last game to, to yeah. this game sort of thing. So I expect to see a couple more changes tonight and maybe expect to see, apparently Fishburne had a knock and that's why he wasn't even on the bench because he was, yeah. he was nursing a knock. So mm. I would maybe expect to see Fishburne coming back in tonight. Um, but I mean, I forget what, I forget what my point really was, to be honest. I guess I'm just saying that, that Millen, Millen proved, yeah, Millen, Millen, Millen had a good reason to do what he did, but the performance wasn't, Worthy of his backing, can I say? Yeah, you know, um, I guess we're putting, you know, performances like that from time to time because otherwise we'd be 
you know, otherwise we'd be thinking about getting promoted this season if um, the performances that we put in to go on a good run, if we could just expect to get them every time. It's disappointing, though, and it does kind of, like, show that there are still, um, you know, opportunities for players who aren't in the starting lineup to get into the starting lineup because, you know, they're, even though he, he named an, un, an unchanged starting lineup once, um, can we see him doing it again? Um, yeah, I don't think, I, I wouldn't be entirely surprised if he does it again, to be honest. But really? I would. I wouldn't be entirely surprised. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked. No, I mean, would you on the on the day? Would you say Crawley were the better team on the day? Would you say like they played poorly yeah. as well? Because uh, mm, no, I don't think I they visibly played that bad. No, I mean, I think when you actually look at it, they probably didn't test Howard as much as they might have wanted to, um, and. You know, but overall, in terms of uh, dominating the midfield, generally being on top, first to lose balls and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, I feel like we were playing a much better team than we had been playing over the last few games. Yeah, I mean, we got off to a bit of a rocky start. I thought they hit the upright in the first sort of 15 minutes, but... Carlisle were growing into the game, I would say. Carlisle were looking better as the game was going on. And yeah. when the goal when the goal happened, and I know it's, a, it's probably a weird way to say it when the goal happened, but it was a surprise the way it went down. Morgan sort of, Morgan Feeney just lingered on the ball a little bit too long, didn't have a lot of control of it. And it was a bit maybe nonchalant about um, getting it clear and... The attacker was on him, and it was just—it was—it was a blink of an eye. It just no one was expecting it. I wasn't expecting it, and it was unfortunate because it looked like Carlisle were growing into the game at that point, and it just sort of came out of nowhere. And it really took the sales not only out of the players visibly, but it, it took the sales out of the, out of the fans as well. Yeah, I think so because you know, like you say, I think we were starting to feel that we were. You know, well, I think because we hit the crossbar as well, it was a long shot by Dickinson. I don't know if that was that in the second half or did that come before? I think that was towards the end of the first half. That was after the mm. goal, I think. Yeah, but there was kind of, I mean, there was definitely a couple of chances before the goal where, you know, I think we kind of maybe thought, you know, we might get one here. Um, and, and the fact that, you know, for all the... Um, Chances that Crawley did have, and the, the Crawley seemed like the better team. They hit the bar. They also pulled off a really good save, sort of fairly point blank from Howard. Um, but then for the goal to come in the way it did, it was quite a bad mistake from Morgan Feeney. Just, um, and you know, um, I talk about Crawley's, Crawley's pressing. Maybe it is that. You know, Crawley press so much that they can cause mistakes in the opposition. Um, more, you know, Feeney should have kind of dealt with that quite easily, but he didn't. And, you know, we've seen that at Cine Brunton Park before. He, you know, he pounces on things and he was very quick to react when the chance came up for him to score. I mean, what, what, what really stuck in my cries about, I think five minutes before that actually happened, I was saying to you, um, on the terrace <laughs> that Carlisle should get him signed up for for at least another year 
and then and then that happened. Yeah. So I don't know if that, I, I, I mean, obviously, wasn't trying to throw a bad omen towards him or anything, but it was just sort of like it stuck in my craw because I was backing him, and then and then obviously he slipped. But that happens in football. It happens. I mean, when you watch Premier League games, I've seen a couple of mistakes over this weekend, and it made me not think so badly of Morgan and, and, and what happened in that situation. Not a lot Howard could do once the uh, once the attacker was through on goal. Unfortunately, he did finish quite well, but yeah, it just it just came out of nowhere and it just wasn't expected. Carlisle were grown into the mm. game and it was a bit of a momentum killer. Um, for me, Otatoyi Ot- 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 uh, didn't get on the ball very much in the first half and it was a little bit frustrating that he was the focal point of the attack because Mellis was dropping deep um, to come and get the ball and the ball was just never really getting into him. He just, it wasn't really his fault that he wasn't featuring. He just never really had a chance to sort of like establish himself in the game. When he got on the ball on the few occasions that he did get on the ball, he did manage to either carry it or show those nice touches again. He does seem to have the ability um, to just lay off the ball really well when team when teams mm. are in the counter attack he seems to be able just to sort of play the right clever ball left or right into the right player but it's always good enough to get past that defender and into the attacker's feet where there is a lot of players at this level don't have that in their locker the very much mm. turn and pass kind of thing they don't have that cheeky little flick in their arsenal and he's got a cheeky little flick and a nice smart pass I mean, that was kind of like um Sorry, because your sound cut out at just the right point where I thought you'd finished your sentence and were waiting for me to say something. All right, no, it was the end of the sentence. All right. Um, <laughs> okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm a toy. Um, yeah, I mean, we were talking about him sort of last week about him having that sort of like extra intelligence that you don't normally get from players of his age that have come out of Premier League academies. And it's probably that that's involved in the sort of uh, nice play that you talk about there, that, um, you know, that he's just kind of like got that awareness. You know, it, you know, normally players don't get until they're a lot more experienced. Um, he, yeah, he, he didn't really get much of a chance against Crawley. Um, but I think that's because we're just getting bossed in midfield. So... We couldn't really play the sort of balls that he once played to him. Um, they were just kind of sort of like random hits up to an area. You know, if we got the chance, you know, we weren't actually getting the ball on the, you know, getting the ball on the deck in midfield and doing anything kind of particularly creative with it. Yeah. I mean, the half-finished Crawley won Carlisle nil, and you were hoping because the last five, 10 minutes of the half was looking quite desperate for Carlisle. It looked like they were just waiting for the halftime whistle to go. And they were, we were waiting a long time for that halftime whistle to go. But thankfully, Crawley, with not a lot of sting in the tail uh, when it came to actually getting a shot in on goal towards the end of the first half. But you were thinking, hopefully, you know, Millen's going to get the lads in. He's going to shake them up a little bit. He'll say, listen, you get moving, you get moving, or he's coming on and he's coming on and we're going to shake things up. And that's unfortunately what had to happen because Carlisle came out into the second half and not a lot changed. Crawley were Mm. on top early doors and they could have added to their lead. They were on the ball an awful lot in our final thirds. And yeah, 
when the changes came, it wasn't exactly apparent what was happening because there was a bit of a formation change, wasn't there? Um, I'm just trying to refresh my memory of the first substitution was Patrick yeah. for Corey Whelan. Uh, but that yeah. you were saying that meant Mellish moved back into the midfield and Patrick and Omatoyi were playing up front together. Yeah, well, we were deb- yeah we were debating that, weren't we? Because when you know when they were readying Patrick to come on, I thought he might come on for Mellish. Um, and I think we, you know we, we weren't expecting it to be Whelan coming off and. Yeah, we're trying to kind of like work out how that was going to affect the formation. The substitution came in the 56th minute. That's one of the earliest substitutions Keith Millen's ever made. So he's obviously trying to make an impact on the game. You could see the way things weren't working. And, you know, he responded. He, he, he responded. You know what I mean? He didn't expect them to stick with the game plan. He actually did something to try and change the game up. Now, I'm not sure if the fact that Corey Whelan was on a yellow card maybe influenced the decision that he was the one to come off and Mellish was the one to stay on because I would have been quite reluctant to break up that midfield pairing. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that Whelan did particularly too much wrong in the first half, although, you know, yeah, although, you know, maybe he just kind of thought that we needed to be a bit more combative in midfield um, it was more of a so, sacrifice wasn't it it was more it's not because you're playing blad mate it's because i need to change the game it's not you but it's the team and this yeah. is the substitution i have to make to change the team up yeah yeah and um you know it's someone needed to come off for patrick to come on but maybe just kind of thought um crawley were being quite sort of like physical and pressing and fast and maybe you kind of thought to to leave John Mellish on. Um, you know, Mellish's performance probably did improve a bit after that. So he's maybe, you know, it's maybe the right thing that when we were saying that we thought Mellish might come off, that Mellish actually stayed on. I mean, the other thing as well was that Whelan was on a booking. Um, didn't, I mean, it didn't look like there was, any, there was much danger of, you know, him heading towards a second booking and going off. But maybe that's just the sort of thing that kind of like can influence managers one way or another when they're maybe a bit, you know, a bit on the fence about who to take off with one player's on a booking. Yeah, I just feel like Patrick's going to make more of an impact when you do use him as a later substitution. He's quick and he's going to make those tired legs pay for it a lot more. 56th minute isn't the best time to bring a player like, a player like yeah. Omari Patrick into a game. I would have been more leaning towards bringing Abrahams on because then you get the strength and you can batter them two centre-backs for a good 20 minutes before Patrick comes on and Alessandra yeah. comes on. That's the way around I would have done it. Um, so that's another way where it kind of surprised me as well. I obviously would have brought on Patrick. In fact, I think I put him in the starting lineup for my um, sort of fantasy starting lineups that I do mm. on the Instagram pages. But yeah, in that situation, 56th minute of the game, that's not when he's going to make the best impact he can possibly make on a game. If you're going to bring him on as a substitution, if you're going to bring someone on the 56th minute, you may as well have just started them, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but. I mean, that's the way Keith Millen's gone for it. I don't necessarily agree with that one. Change it and acted early. What's that, sorry? He's, he's decided he had to change it and he's acted early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's, I, I mean, I would have done that. I would have changed it. I just don't think I would have done it in the same way 
that Millen perhaps did it, I would have looked to make a different impact because the game didn't really look like it was going anywhere. And when you've got those situations, you just want to steady things down. And a player like Omari Patrick isn't the sort of player that steadies things down. He's the sort mm. of player that, that that speeds things up. And we couldn't get hold of the ball anyway for him to be getting onto the end of at that yeah. time of the game. So somebody like bringing the strength on of the Abrahams, who's going who's gonna to bully around a little bit more than Patrick can physically and um, just... You know, because we were just playing the long balls for most of the second mm. half. We're just hoping that somebody was going to get on the end of something. And at least when you've got Abrahams on the pitch, you've got a threat in the air. Because up front, Mellish and, and Otto Toye, I don't think they want a header. I feel yeah. like we lose a lot of aerial battles up front. And we play a lot yeah. of long balls. And so the two things don't go together. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the opposition we're against, you know, probably... That's a factor in it as well. You come up against somebody who are very good in the air and very strong and win the ball, then you know, then we're going to look less good in those aspects than we do against teams that are weaker at it. So I thought I think that was as much a factor as us not being, you know, not being as on it as we were. But Riley was on the bench. I would have been tempted to bring Riley on for Whelan just because he's more of an attacking midfielder and just left the left of forwards the way they are. Sorry, I didn't mean to go back on that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, the way the way that the game ended, mate. I mean, you can't. Yeah, you know, we've obviously spoken about the fact that Carlisle just didn't really get going. The substitutions were made when they were made, and um, when the goal scorer came on. He came on in the 85th minute for Jack Armour, and it was a double substitution mm. where Ototoyi came off for Abrahams as well. So we're obviously looking to change up the game plan once again, trying to rescue something from the game. And fortunately, yeah. it, all, it, all, it all came off for Carlisle in the end. In a corner situation, would you yeah. ever have expected... Louis Alessandra to have headed home so brilliantly. I mean, it was a great header. It was right in front of us in the Warwick. It was one of those brilliant Warwick moments that you get when a player is yeah. just screaming into the stands at you and you're screaming back at him. And, mate, what a, what a moment, man. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, he is quite good in the air, you know, uh, for a, you know, quite a short player, Alessandra. I don't But um, he's, he's, he's always been sort of decent in the air. He kind of, he's obviously got a strong neck. You know, he can he can win the ball. And if, if he can get his head to the ball, <laughs> then he can do something with it. <laughs> you know, as, like as opposed to a player who's maybe like seven foot tall, but has just got a neck made out of rubber. So the, <laughs> so the ball hits him and just <laughs> no control at all. Alessandra's like the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, we, we kind of glossed over a moment actually, there was a moment in yeah. the game where uh, Jack Armour tripped over one of the Crawley Town players and there was a penalty and Crawley yeah. had a penalty and there was a chance for us to go 2-0 two, two down uh, in the game before, before we obviously got the equaliser and thankfully he skied it, didn't he? He, yeah. he skied it, but when you when you're in that moment, mate, I can only imagine what taking a penalty against that empty stand feels like when you've got so many fans around you. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like there's nothing yeah. in front of you apart from you and the goalkeeper. That's all you've yeah. got, you know. And I don't I don't know. I just I could imagine it maybe maybe being. 
quite easy to psych a, psych a penalty taker out just because it's not that normal, is it? Uh, well, yeah, although, you know, um, almost the whole of last season was played in front of no crowds, so players mm. should be used to, should be oh, used to point. it. <laughs> 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 That's fair point. I'll tell you what I did notice though when I looked I'll tell you what I did notice when, I, when he was taking the penalty I did notice that the flags weren't moving so there was no wind really on, on the pitch it's fucking freezing though still there was no yeah. wind uh, no wind on the day so really no excuse for uh, Nadeson it was actually Nadeson wasn't it who blasted over the, blasted mm, over the battle thankfully he did <laughs> yeah. thankfully he did mate and it added I think that added to the excitement that little bit more and that's when Millen made the changes, or shortly after, that's when Millen made the changes. Oh, yeah. There was five minutes of injury time added at the end of the game, and Alessandra's goal came in the 93rd minute. And, mm. um, I mean, I, you don't like... I don't want to be a nod, but I, didn't, I could feel it coming. You could feel it coming. Alessandra had a moment just before he scored where yeah. he maybe should have scored. Didn't make and... the highlights that. I wanted to see that again. Yeah, me too, yeah. Um, but obviously, from the corner, brilliant set piece play. Maybe, maybe Crawley were all over the place. Maybe the occasion got to the better of them. But Alessandro was was ahead of his man. Plenty of room. Six yard box. Great header. No chance for the goalkeeper. Great moment. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember that one fondly for for a while to come, mate. I'm pretty sure we got uh we got seen on one of Barbara Abbott's pictures celebrating that. Oh, obviously, really, the way I, I the way I the way I am at Brunton Park, I'm very covered. I got you're me, quite uh, tall though, so you maybe kind of like true. stand out more on pictures. <laughs> well, you can't see me though because obviously I'm just oh. I'm just ha- I'm just hat and scarf. I'm just hat and scarf. That's all I am. Oh, um, but I you. I did see a picture of someone that was hat and scarf. Ah, Ah, right. Okay. That might be those. No, but I haven't seen a picture of me, no. I'll find it. It was on the first release. It was on the first release one. Um, Uh, I'll try and find it. Tonight. Yeah, show us it later. Yeah, yeah. I'll try and find it. Yeah, I'll try and find it. And speaking about tonight, we better we better we better soldier on through this and uh, keep cracking on, mate. Um, Mm. Yeah. Obviously, I, I did mention a little bit earlier on, it's going to be hard to pick a man of the match, but the moment is here. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I think I started last week, but I'm on a bit of a roll, so I'm, I just came into my head. I know he only played 10 minutes. Yeah. But he did score the winner, and he did have a moment before that. And you have to say, that, you know, in those 10 minutes, if you had to give his performance a mark out of 10, it would be quite a high mark. Yeah. And if I had to give everyone else's performance a mark out of 10 across the 90, you know, it would be about a six. Um, so, I mean, I, are you allowed to do this? Can you? Can I give Alessandro the man of the match? Yeah, yeah, of course you can. Give whoever you want the man of the match. Can um, you do that when they've not played that many minutes? You see it on... Um, just someone who who doesn't play many minutes if, if if he has a big impact and no one else in the squad's played all that well then yeah I've certainly seen kind of like professional pundits do it right well I'm an amateur pundit and I'm going to do it <laughs> do it that's it yeah I'm going to pop I'm going to give it to Louis Alessandro mate that's why I'm going to give my yeah. Foxy's feature man of the match what about you so like I did um kind of like veer away from giving the man of the match to Alessandra um, and, and gave the man of the match to someone who played 90 minutes. 
And I was criticising this guy for you all through the first half. And then he, he improved in the second half enough for me to feel that he was one of our better players in the second half. And the fact that he'd improved after a poor first half alone was worth commenting on. Um, Brennan Dickinson. Yeah, he also he he did he hit did the crossbar as well. The second half. Yeah, he did get much better in the second half. Terrible first half. And he did start the second half a little bit shaky because mm. I remember someone to the right of us getting a bit arsey. And no, he did have he did have much better second half, actually, now you said it. But no, I'm going to stick yeah. with Alessandro. That's a good shout, though, Brennan Dickinson. And that's not his first. And that's not Alessandro's first. They've both mm. been in before. It was his corner as well. That, so, so he got the assist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I think both both quite deservedly so. A- again, difficult one. Nobody really got going, and it's it's kind of judging players based off sort of like, you know, forty five minutes yeah. for you really, and and ten minutes for me. Uh, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to give you that one, and I kind of uh, I commend you for not going with Alessandra <laughs> as well and, and shaking things up slightly. We'll soldier on into the news that have been coming out of Brunton Park this week now there has been a player departure but it's only on loan so don't worry too much about it taylor charters has made his way to gate gates head on loan mm-hmm. and uh, helped his side to a 2-0 victory on the weekend obviously now he's been reunited with old cheddars chedwin scott is at gateshead so them two have been uh, reunited mm-hmm. Um, that that must be nice to have at least somebody there that can sort of bed you in a bit. I mean, that must make a difference, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I guess I, I don't know how well they knew each other. Um, uh, Kedwin Scott, it, it wasn't at Brunton Park very long, I suppose, but um, I'm sure they have kind of like you know had a bit of a all right, nice to see you again kind of moment, <laughs> yeah. Um, and hopefully, you know. Gates said they're a decent team, so it's not like sending players out on loan to the likes of Workington and Penrith, where it just seems to be a precursor to them getting released. Yeah. Um, you know, um, Charters, I thought this season be his breakthrough season. It's harder to have a breakthrough season when the team is struggling, though, because they rely a lot more on players who have got experience and, you know, players who have a bit more canny than some of the young players. So you, it tends to be it tends to be tough on some of the younger players when the team as a whole are having a bad season. So he's gone to Gateshead and, you know, um, immediately we get kind of good news for how he's doing down there. Uh, Keith Millen mentions it as well in his press, in his, um, in his press, I forget the words for it. The bit where the manager talks to the media. Press yeah. conference. All right, That's okay. the one. Yeah. So, um, you know, so that's kind of like promising that he is a player who we're hoping to get back better. It's uh, only on a month's loan. So it's not like it's, you know, there might obviously be an extension at the end of that loan, but it's yeah. maybe says a bit to Millen's not completely ruled him out of, coming back into the first team, it's just a case of go out there and get some men's football under your belt. Injury crisis and you'll have to. Well, yeah, yeah, perhaps. But look, I do want to point yeah. out, it is only, it is only just, uh, just a month's loan at this moment. Um, so, 
I mean, I think that does play a factor because, you know, if you if you were f- willing to lose somebody until the end of the season, you'd just give them to the end of the season, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, th- it's a, I think it's a good standard of man's football to be playing in. I think Taylor Charters can can hopefully learn a lot. And I feel like he, I mean, I hope he can he, he can go on and, and carry on winning games with Gateshead. I don't know where Gateshead are in the National League North at the, at, at the moment. I don't really look into... Gateshead too much, but I can hear you tapping away there furiously. So I'll keep talking until you you come up with an answer. Um, uh, the second, the second. So I mean, you'd be tempted just to let him have that experience of chasing mm. promotion over there and get something under his belt, and and then really yeah. add to that experience next season. Like I said, the National League North. There's some good teams in there. Wrexham's in there. No, sorry, they're in the conference. But there's, there's there's some good teams in there with some good money. But yeah, um, we were talking about Curzon Ashton last time, and Curzon Ashton are there. Darlow are there. York City are still there. Up mid yeah, table. So they, 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 these teams do have some ex pros and and some mm. and some and, and some proper men. You know what I mean? They're not all just like under under twenty threes that have been released by you know League Ones and Twos and yeah. lads that have came up from Sunder League standard. It's a good standard of football. And uh, there's plenty of men playing in it. It's not under 23. It's not reserve style. Um, I feel like these lower leagues get this reputation because, you know, teams like us send players like Taylor Charters out on loan to teams like this. So a lot of people think these leagues are just full of under 23s and they're not. There's a lot of experienced heads in these leagues that are going to knock these kids about and they're going to make these kids learn a lot. So I hope that he can crack on and really get some games under his belt there. But obviously it is only four a month. So how many games can you get under your belt in a month? Um, And I'd like to see him back at Brunton Park. But yeah, yeah, you're probably right there, mate. I mean, with with Riley, Riley struggling to get any minutes at this moment in time and you don't know uh, what the manager's plans are in the transfer market in terms of what positions he wants to sign players in. We'll talk about that in just a little bit, mate. Um, yeah, it, it's a good move and I'd like to see it go until the end of the season um, so he, just so he can get that experience under his belt. Unless he's actually going to come back and get into the first team, then obviously get him into that first team and give him a yeah. chance. Give him a, give him a good run of games. Well, if he's doing well there and he's unlikely to play much here, I'd rather see him um, you know, maybe get promotion, maybe appear in a playoff campaign or something. Yeah, I'd like to see him on the on the left a little bit more as well. I, I thought he was quite a, quite a good player out on the left, but he seems to get played centrally quite a lot. Um, yeah. And I feel like that's a congested place on the pitch. And you know, a young lad can can maybe learn and adapt and and maybe move positions. Now, Taylor Charters is a player who started his career with Carlisle that is youth system and has gone on to have uh, you know quite a good time with the Blues a player that unfortunately was let go recently has been signed up by the Workington Reds Killian Leslie has found a club he's joined the Workington Reds after being released by Carlisle United last week He's rejoined the club that he was on loan with earlier on this season. Uh, just 18 years of age, obviously. Um, plenty of a Carlisle United player has gone to Workington Reds and found their way back into the Football League pyramid. And 
I hope he can do the same. Um, seems like he's just getting his head down and he wants to go out there and play football straight away. Um, yeah, so yeah. He signed up. He signed up with Workington Reds, and he and he's ready to crack on with his football and development. So there's a little update on him, and if anything continues to happen with uh, Killian Leslie, then we'll obviously keep you guys updated. But all the best to him. That's just a little news mm-hmm. update on that situation. Now yeah, this yeah. article caught my attention a little bit, mate. Carlisle United boss wants one or two more January transfer window signings in the article. Chris Millen has said that obviously he's going to add to the already impressive captures of Joel Senior, Tyrese Otter-Toy, Omari Patrick, uh, and he wants to add one or two more players to that, but he said it might even go up until the 11pm deadline on January 31st. So he's obviously yeah. making waves and these players aren't snapping us up. Well, they talk about um, it's kind of like become a standard thing that all our managers say when it comes to the transfer deadline. Because, and I think he, um, I think Keith Millen probably mentioned this, but I've heard Keith Curl say it before. I've heard Chris Beach say it before. Is that there are some players that you want, and they don't become available until just before the deadline, because. You know, uh, for loan, for example, is dependent on whether or not other transfers that their parent club are trying to do go mm-hmm. their way. And you could have a player that you, you know, a player that you want to get on loan. It might only be available on loan if the um, parent club are able to hang on to a player they don't want to lose or are able to get a player that they want so they're not willing to sign off on his loan the transfer deadline when they feel comfortable saying okay yeah yeah so yeah yeah I mean it's tricky isn't it when you're in the position that we're in Uh, we're obviously not that desirable a place to go just because we're in a difficult position and we're in that difficult location that we keep hearing so much about when it comes to us being able to bring in transfers. Now, I don't like to speculate too much here on the Blue Army podcast, but it might be a little bit of fun to uh, talk about one of the rumours that came out recently that former... What is is he? About £4 million striker Connor Wickham has been rumoured to be being courted by Carlisle United, a player that since, I don't know, about six or seven years ago, hasn't really been able to get going too much. He had an impressive start to his career and has since sort of dwindled away recent years. But would he be the answer to Carlisle United fans' prayers? That goal scorer that we've been desperate for, or is it just a massive gamble and a silly risk? Um, I mean, it might be a bit of a gamble given that he's not um, played much recently. I don't know if he had issues with injury or... Um, had, he's had layoffs. Uh, he's had long layoffs of injuries in his career, yeah. Yeah, so... 
I mean, you know, shades of. Pretty sure he signed. I'm pretty sure he signed early doors for somebody for a couple of million. Signed early doors in his career for somebody for a couple of million, and in like the first game, or maybe in training, he was done for like seven months. Uh, yeah, so I mean, uh, it was like a starlet when he was at Sunderland, and that then um, I mean, I think I don't know if Sunderland was where he got injured, but he kind of like um, been around a bit after then, but going down recent, uh, so like going down the divisions, uh, most recently released by Preston North End, um, just five uh, five days ago. Yeah, and um, so he's been yeah, training. Yeah, so like you know, um, it might be a bit of a pie in the sky one. He's, I think, he might still be a bit too big to drop down to League Two. Yeah, um, me too. But you yeah. remember, you know, you remember when Michael Bridge just sometimes plays of that caliber if they've had issues with injury or sign for a club in League Two. Um, yeah, I can't really yeah. see it though. Sounds like a, a absolute scurrilous rumor. I mean, I, I think I had a football manager. I know I keep talking about football manager all the time, but I had a football manager save a couple of years ago where Conor Wickham was a hell of a player for me. I think he could play right, left, and up front, and he's about six foot three. He's a big yeah. lad and he's quick as well. So I mean, it, maybe you're right. It would be a bit of a pie in the sky for somebody to drop down from the Championship into League Two. Yeah. But he does seem to be a Northerner, does seem to like his Northern teams. And um, like you said, he hasn't played a lot of football in recent years, hasn't played a lot of impressive football in a number of years. And if we throw some of that Aaron Hayden money at somebody for, for an 18-month contract, something interesting might happen. But yeah, I'm sure yeah. I'm sure there's lots of really fun options on the, on the, on the loan transfer market for Burnley. Or, or uh, Reading. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just give us someone I want to get the name of on the back of my shirt. You know what I mean? Just give us someone. Just give us someone. Give us a marquee signing. We haven't had a marquee signing in a couple of years. Just give us a marquee signing. Give us a Graham Cavanagh. I don't think we're going to be making a marquee signing. You know I don't I mean? think, yeah. Give us a, give us a Michael Bridges, give us a Graham. Yeah. yeah, of course he was at the time. The kind of on the up. Kind of on the up when we signed Michael Bridges. I guess that's a thing. It's kind of like... Ian Hart. Maybe in the summer we might get a marquee. Don't make marquee signings in January, really. Vincent Pericard. <laughs> Pascal Chimbonda. I want my name, mate. I want my name. I want my name. I want my name. I do. I do. I want my name. I want the guy. I want the guy. Yeah, I know. I went, we haven't had a guy in ages. I want the guy back. I want somebody. Sorry. <laughs> Danny Graham would have been brilliant. Yeah. That would have been, that yeah. been brilliant. That would have satisfied well, my itch. <laughs> yeah, but then again, you know, he's, he's, he's retired. Um, <sighs> and is he, you know, he's not been training. You know, for all we know, he's kind of retired and thought, that's it, I'm retired now. I'm just going to eat pies and... <laughs> <laughs> eat pies and cut hair. That's what I'm doing. He's got. He's opened a barber's, by the way. I've seen it by his Instagram. But, um, yeah, I mean, I do I do. I want a Mikey sign it. I've always felt ripped off ever since uh, Hartlepool got Chef Yacucci. Uh And Mal- I'm Marlon Harewood. I've always felt ripped off, you know. I've just felt ripped off. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I feel like we could have done. Um, who's the last? Oh, not Solana. Who's the last player we brought in that was kind of like a well-known player? Oh, was it like Nacho yeah. Novo or Chimponda or Anthony something? Ger- Anthony Gerard. Well, well known because he's Stephen Gerrard's cousin, but not yeah. for any other, <laughs> not for any other reason. <laughs> the news mate that's the news we've covered the news let's have a little sneaky look ahead to next weekend's opponents top of the table forest green rovers 15 wins seven draws only lost two games this season the league's top goal scorers by six goals on 48 goals uh i mean it's not stuttering form but they've been drawing winning drawing winning drawing recently um so you you know we'd like a draw that'd be nice you know <laughs> we're not asking much are we is that too much to ask i mean it probably is too oh much yeah to ask, isn't it? i mean anything that we get there is a huge you know anything that we get there will be a huge bonus um listening to or reading what some of the forest green fans have been saying about their own performances is that they are um they tend to struggle a bit early on in matches and then come on strong. So the teams that have done well against them are teams that can maybe... Um... I mean, I was just looking at the league table here and one of Oldham Town's six wins this season, bottom of the table, Oldham Athletic, uh, did actually... Uh, no, it was a draw. Sorry, it was a draw. Ah, oh, I ruined it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but Oldham, Athletic and Forest Green had a, well, crazy 5-5 draw in the league a couple of weeks ago. Um, But they have beaten, Forest Green have beaten a lot of the sides Mm. around us recently. They've beaten Colchester, they've beaten Stevenage. The draws coming against Northampton, Exeter and, like I said, Oldham most recently. Yeah. Um, So they are beating the teams around us, beat Bristol Rovers, beat Barrow. Um, But... Yeah, I'm going to have to make my prediction. And as always, as tradition, I can't predict that Carlisle are going to lose a game. And I never really want a draw. Nobody really wants a draw. So I always go for some kind of win. So, yeah, Carlisle win 1-0. And... I have guy scores a goal. <gasps> go on, then. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I'll go 1-0 Alessandra. Alessandra. Yeah, that was probably been the smarter one. I think Alessandra's going to play tonight. I think he's going to play tonight. And if he doesn't score tonight, I think he'll drop him on Saturday. Okay. Um, but I feel, I feel like he's going to play tonight. But if he scores tonight, obviously, he'll probably play on Saturday as well. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of, I think, a little bit behind what you've just said. Um, mate? Yeah. I reckon that's enough for me and you, isn't it? We've rambled on a bit and we've got to get to the bloody match, mate. We've got to get to the match. Um, So I'm going to edit this. (laughs) I'm going to get this out the way. And uh, you're going for food at... Go and give me a little plug. Where are you going? Alessandro's. You're going Alessandro's. Yeah, the Greek place on on Warwick Road. Yeah, and uh, they're not a sponsor. But talking about sponsors, I'll be telling you who our first sponsor is next week on the podcast. When all the eyes and all the dots have been crossed 
And uh, yeah, I mean, mate, looking forward to announcing our first ever sponsor here on the Blue Army podcast. It's been a long journey and uh, thrilled to have them aboard. More will be revealed next week here on the Blue Army podcast. Wills, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. I'll see you in about an hour and a bit. It'll have to be, hour won't it? I, it'll have to be because it kicks off in an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. We'll sort it out. We'll sort it out. Okay. I'm going to move on. Right, I'm going to get right. this thing sorted and I'll see you later on, mate. Thanks very much. I'll see you later. Right. Bye for now. See you, bye. 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 <laughs>